So where were you when they started canceling all the sports stuff? What were you doing? Well, I was, uh, I was on my way down to the bunker, actually, when I got a text message that said, you know, all sports are canceled forever. Was it the NBA? Was that the first one you heard? Because I think that was the first one that was officially canceled, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't really watch the NBA, so that didn't sure. really hit me very hard. I think it was part of that whole, like, I think the the string of news, the way that I received it was, okay, some dumbass for the jazz is touching all the microphones. <laughs> Gobert, Jesus. And, okay, Rudy Gobert's test positive. All right, season's canceled. <laughs> I think yeah. that was the progression for <laughs> me. Like and that. then Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, shortly after that, the world got canceled, and – now here I am in my bunker, 20 floors below sea level. <laughs> We're doing the podcast. Yeah, it's uh it's a, it's a weird day. It's a somber day. It's very um it's just bizarre. Uh I remember I was at my mom's house and they announced that the NCAA tournament would be played without fans. That was the first I thought major cancellation in America. And I saw that news come across and I was just like, "Oh my god." the NCAA tournament without fans would be the craziest news story of the year. Right. And, and little did I know it was obviously, I just thought the NCAA was overreacting a little bit. And then the NBA within a half an hour, I think, or an hour or something announced that their season was canceled or suspended. And that obviously uh, like you, I don't really watch the NBA, but it sent ripples all through the sports world. Everybody started freaking out about it. Then the next day, the conference tournaments that were already scheduled to be played, were and in fact Wednesday night conference tournaments played the they're like right. playing games and stuff so we had two big 12 games at the sprint center and then the next day they were like well I don't know if we're even gonna like play today even without fans and then they announced <laughs> all the conference tournaments were being canceled and from there it was just it felt like a snowball where then we would find out you know that the just all these events and all these um cancellations just started coming in bunches and I just remember getting you know, text messages and breaking news and stuff about it's just been a it's been crazy. I, I don't think we'll ever see anything like this ever again. Yeah, I mean, you know, sports are canceled. Um, toilet paper in the grocery store is canceled. Jesus. Uh, the stock market is super canceled. Super canceled. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not coming back for a while. Um, fortunately, what isn't canceled, and we'll get into this in a bit, is uh, NFL free agency, which has been pretty lit, giving us something to talk about while we're down here in the bunker. Um, but yeah, what have what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Uh, you <laughs> know, anything anything going on? Oh yeah, yeah, I got some notable stuff going on. Um, not really gonna get super into it because it sucked, but uh, tried to break up a dog fight between two very powerful strong dogs well you mean and like a, a literal dog fight like well a, not fight like a not like a scheduled one not like a mike vick dog fight but <laughs> uh but two dogs that uh, i was the only one home and they were new roommates with each other and um got into it and it it was horrible scene uh got myself all patched up and stuff though but um and the dogs are both alive so could have been worse but um that postponed our last week's pod which we were normally going to do around this time um in case there's any breaking news i guess we should just let people know it's around eight o'clock on tuesday night so if there's anything by the time this gets edited and dropped that you know breaks between now and then just know that we're not just dumb we just literally are back in time 
I did just see a tweet that the air traffic control tower at Midway International Airport is closed because several technicians have tested positive for coronavirus. Jeez. So, you know, airlines also canceled, travel canceled, bars canceled. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm glad you're on the mend from your dog fight, but man, I, the world is going crazy. It is. And I think the weirdest or like the eeriest part for me is that we don't really know how long this thing's going to last. Right. The, this new normal, this like no one outside. I went to the grocery store and people were holding their groceries in their, in their, against their chest because they didn't want to use carts or, um, you know, baskets, which I mm-hmm. totally get. Yeah. I, did the, I did the same thing and thought I'd look like a moron. And then I was walking around and everyone else was doing it too. But there's just a lot of weirdness. And uh, if it was something where one event happened and we were all trying to recover from it, we could kind of like mourn and grieve or however, whatever um, would be causing something like this. But this is just like, like a never ending and it's like an invisible enemy. Like it's a virus. It's not a mm-hmm. invading country. It's not, it's just a, it, it's bizarre. I I'm still a little un, unsettled by, it and I probably will be for a while. Yeah. I mean, it is very, uh, it's very scary. It's feels like it's escalated very quickly, obviously with the, you know, Rudy Gobert touching the microphones, all sports are canceled. Everything is canceled. We all have to shelter in place for months um yeah i mean it just it's it's gonna be wild i'm i'm glad that the nfl decided to go ahead with free agency obviously the travel didn't impact the ability of teams to sign players which i know there were some people that were well i think it was maybe just mike florio uh that said this would be a huge black mark on the league Mm. if they went forward with free agency but he's a moron what a surprise uh i'm i mean i'm so glad that they did because gosh least it's been a very welcome distraction for the last 48 hours and we're happy to be back to podcasting again and you know um bringing something for people to listen to just to kind of take our minds off of it because it just has been i mean it it is it's weird to think about you know i mean this could be months it could be years who knows how long it'll take for everything to kind of settle back down uh hopefully everything will be fine for the football season but they've already talked about you know pushing back the start of uh team activities um, with some of which were scheduled to start, you know, the second week of April, first week of April, um, you know, certainly OTAs typically would be end of April or in, in May, I guess. And then you have rookie mini camp and everything like that. And then obviously the draft, not going to have, uh, any live attendance for the draft this year. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, um, the whole world's gone completely mad, but I'll tell you one thing, if this was the last Super Bowl. Forever champions, baby. in everybody to another edition of it's always sunny in chief's kingdom i forgot which episode this is because we took a two-week layoff you heard us talk about it there were dog fights there was coronavirus there was a quarantine all sports are canceled 
But we are here. We are talking about NFL free agency. We figured we'd just kind of do a free agency podcast because there's obviously been a ton of news uh, since the start of the legal tampering period yesterday. Uh, Again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. We do have a big bag of mailbag questions, and we might get back into kind of our regular podcast routine next week. But uh, since the whole world's kind of just pretty weird since the last time we were here, it's gotten real weird with it. Uh, We're just going to do a chill free agency podcast. Does that sound good to you? (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, It's a little strange to be talking about sports right now, but at the same time, it's a little strange to not have had sports for a couple days. So it's all, everything's weird. Um, But, you know, we are just as obsessed with the Chiefs today as we were before this whole crazy ordeal. So we're going to stick with our guns and do what we do best, which is talk a little football. So let's talk Chiefs first. Um, as of right now at, you know, uh, it's 8.15 Central on Tuesday night. The Chiefs haven't done anything unless you want to count signing Chad Henney, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise that it was Chad Henney and not Matt Moore, uh, picked up the option on both Damian's, Damian Wilson, and Damian Williams, the running back and the linebacker. Uh, but other than that, Chiefs haven't made any moves, have not signed any free agents. Um, what do you think? I mean, you know, this time last year, we, uh, we already had Honey Badger in the fold. This time two years ago, we already had Sammy Watkins in the fold. What are you thinking? Well, and I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, do you know for sure – the day the, the new league year started, we already had both those moves. Cause I know they were both early. So this is still uh, really early in the process. It is. I actually remember very vividly. Uh, Sammy Watkins was announced the very start of the second day. So the legal tampering period was on a Monday, two yeah. years ago. Ian Rappaport broke the news on Sammy at like five o'clock in the morning chiefs time on day two. Okay. And Honey Badger, I think that was the end of day one, if memory serves, that we knew he was coming to Kansas City. Okay, so we've had two splash moves in the start of free agency the last two years. And then this year, all quiet on the AFC Western front. Um, nothing really, at least from our perspective, uh, nothing going on with us yet other than – so Chris Jones is obviously what everybody's wondering about he's elephant in the room he's the big ticket guy we we tagged him he's not happy about the tag you know I don't really get how the tag how the players let the tag get into the new CBA in general I don't know how they like the tag uh they don't like the tag the answer to that is and we haven't even we kind of buried the CBA the CBA CBA has happened since the last time we did a podcast a lot of stuff has happened (laughs) a lot of going on a lot of twists try and keep up (laughs) Uh, yeah, CBA was definitely a Shyamalan twist in that the players now have to play 17 games. They don't get an extra buy. Uh, they do get slightly more of the pot. So the split, I think, went up a little bit. The minimum salaries went up. They got some additional benefits to their pension. They're no longer going to be suspended for smoking weed. But at the same time... (laughs) What if they smell crime? <laughs> uh, the owners smelled uh, a way to completely exploit the players, which is which is always what happens in labor negotiations, unless you're talking about baseball. The baseball players union just, I mean, it's like the most powerful union in the history of unions. But the 
NFLPA just, they've never had a lot of uh, power. The vote was very close, as I'm sure everybody knows by now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how did they let the franchise tag get in there? How'd they, how'd they agree to 17 games? And they didn't really get, I mean, they didn't really get anything. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the players know that the NFL is very popular and that should give them leverage. But I feel like it almost, the players are scared to not play. Yeah. Cause that's how you get leverage is by sitting out and refusing to go to work. And I think at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I think on some level, maybe football players realize like football is really important to America. Like if there was a lockout, I don't know. I know you were a sports fan kind of growing up. So you probably remember sure. the baseball lockout. Yes. I wasn't really a baseball fan, but that killed people's interest in baseball. I mean, I, there were people that were just completely heartbroken by that. It affected people's fandom for years. And I'm sure on some level, the players, it's certainly the owners want to avoid it, but I think the players too, I don't know. I think they want to keep playing football. Well, and it could also be, and I'm kind of spitballing here, but there are a lot of people that try to play football that, you know, the, the, le- the number of people that are waiting behind you to take your job is innumerable in the NFL. And, it is. and these guys could definitely have that mentality that if I don't do everything I can to be out there on that field, making plays and making money, the moment I become a problem for the team or, or do something that, the owners don't like or something they they can replace me they they as good as the nfl players are they must have that feeling that they're good players right behind them because they do have a ton of power and they don't i i don't know how they continue to get bent over cba after cba i mean they they said in 2010 and 2011 when the last one happened that you know that the players got screwed then and just wait 10 years for 2020 and they're going to have their revenge. And they just, they just didn't. And (laughs) it's uh, it was shocking that it was so close because that means that you have a player base that is divided and we don't know what the division is other than some of the uh, vocal people that were saying that they were against it or for it. But um, it's, it created this kind of tension and, now that the CBA is over and the contracts are all flying and stuff like that, now we've got, um, you know, just guys. I some of the signings have been a little strange. Um, still, I guess every off season you've got guys that sign for more money than you think they should, or vice or et cetera. But um, I don't know. I just think it's been spooky so far. I think that maybe the uh, maybe the coronavirus and stuff has kind of um tinted how i've viewed the start of free agency so far but like okay we've got to talk bill o'brien's got to be sick right he's got to have coronavirus he definitely has something uh trade fever i don't know what it is free agency fever i don't know what you had a theory though what was your theory on bill (laughs) o'brien yeah my theory is that long ago when he was a boy he must have walked in on a texan sleeping with his mom and you mean like he, a football player or like a, I, like a I guy, think with, like a a guy with a big cowboy hat that might've even had a Texans Jersey on before the Texans were even a thing. Like maybe a like, couple of old man, old man from Dallas here to fill you up. If you and so inclined as the lettuce. Yeah, it was. Uh, so you're saying that he walked in on a couple of old men <laughs> up from Texas, a filling uh, his mama. Yeah. Um, he just, he, he's acting like their own worst enemy. Like they, like if you, if your sibling was playing Madden and they walked away from the controller and you picked it up and had to do all the worst moves right in a row to screw up their franchise as much as you could, like 
he he just continually shows that he's overmatched as a GM. Now, uh, he's pretty overmatched as a coach. Yeah, too. I was about to say he doesn't have a good reputation as a coach as it is. <laughs> but then when he put both hats on and he's so bad, he's probably the worst coach and the worst GM in football. Yeah, Separately. probably. Yeah, probably. And, so just to recap, uh, yeah, because right. we, we, we just jumped right on into Bill O'Brien. I'm sure uh-huh. everybody that's listening to this podcast is aware of what he did. But just to recap, this was actually, this is kind of one of those where were you moments because yeah. I was at work. You were at home, I guess, working yep. from home. You're quarantined. The office was still open on Monday. It was closed today. Uh, so I was at work, uh, 10 o'clock Mountain Time you know, we start getting some moves trickling in and I, I sent you a, a G chat and I said, Oh, David, yeah. David Johnson's getting traded to the Texans. And we were yeah. both kind of like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. He's got a huge contract. Like I wonder kind of what, what happened with that, you know, what it was. Then like 10 minutes later, <laughs> I think I just said, OMG. Cause I saw a tweet and I saw at Adam Schefter and I, unlike you, you get got a lot by fake, Twitter accounts (laughs) you're you're retweeting them all the time (laughs) I do not get got I don't get got I go get so I see a tweet come up that says DeAndre Hopkins has been traded to the Cardinals and it says at Adam Schefter and there's a blue check mark on it and I was like there is no way this is real like this is shocking and I vetted it like I was staring at this blue check mark for probably like 15 seconds before I I reacted to it and retweeted it and and went to gchat and sent it to you because i just couldn't believe that it was real but it was real the texans actually did trade deandre hopkins for basically a 28 year old running back who's not very good anymore and has a really big contract and a second round pick that's what they got back for deandre hopkins i it it was so imbalanced that it would be rejected in fantasy leagues across the across the nation. It was it, rejected in Madden. I'm sure you saw that. <laughs> yeah, people were trying to do it in Madden, and people the computer me, would man. not accept it. People they would not do me. it. Uh, they get paid the same amount, so like, there's no salary dump here of any kind. And the um, Texans are taking on all of uh, Johnson's salary. Correct. Correct. It is a. It is not a financial benefit for them at all to make this trade it is purely idiocy there's no other getting around it it is he hopkins was responsible for 65 percent of their targeted air yards last year it is a with it on a team with will fuller but he didn't play all the time he was their offense he was their only offense they are not only burning deandre hopkins they're burning deshaun watson here i mean it, no, it is I mean, they're burning their they're burning the whole thing to the ground and by they, of course, we just mean Bill O'Brien. The guy just can't get out of his own way. I don't understand it. Well, he wasn't even – he didn't even stop there. Like, I – that was yeah. – this was a – this was a horrific move. <laughs> it was a it banner was, day. It, it was one of the worst it, – it, it is for sure the worst trade I can think of. Now, you you did some digging. We were talking earlier today about the time that Mike Ditka traded his entire draft for Ricky Williams. Sure. That's pretty bad. But that also happened in a time when football was real crude, as we like to say. <laughs> and people didn't realize, you know, Herschel Walker, um, you know, I think 1989, 1990, similar kind of deal. People didn't realize that, that running backs don't matter. And, you know, back in the day, people did value running backs. You, you, you took running backs in the top 10 picks. You know, you traded your whole draft for Ricky Williams. But people don't do that in 2020 no. unless you're Bill O'Brien. 
And after he did this, which was a horrific move, I, I just want to stress this was obviously a franchise altering, just a, a unbelievably terrible decision across the board. But then they signed Eric Murray to a three-year, $20 million deal, which is paying him like $7.5 million a year. Eric Murray. And that was another one where it came across my feed and I had to do a double take because I thought it was fake news where I was like, that Eric Murray? Him? It, and then, of course, after the Murray deal, which we're now thinking, okay, the Texans are on one here. They cap it at the end of the day by acquiring your favorite football player. Yes, Randall Cobb uh, had a thing for him way back in the day. And like, this is this is how you know that the Texans are making moves, right? Like, Randall Cobb's my guy because I had him in my fantasy league in 2014, which was the last time that Randall Cobb was good, okay? It was six years ago. And they paid him, what, 20, 25, 24, Way somewhere in there? Yeah, over $20 million for a three-year deal. I, I mean, the guy is burning the franchise to the ground. And honestly, you kind of do hate to see it. Uh, unironically, because Deshaun Watson is awesome. He is. And it would be cool. I mean, obviously, he's not as awesome as Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, the less competition we have, the better, because I want to win all the Super Bowls. But, like, he's fun, you know? Like, yeah. he 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 was part of a team that had a 24 to nothing lead on the Chiefs. And it was fun to be down 24 to nothing <laughs> and then win the game, you know, 51 to 31. That was fun. And, well, uh Yeah. yeah. If you think about our AFC rivals that we have a deep-seated dislike for, the Texans are not one at all. In fact, no, no. in fact, we've gotten the better of them so often that I would rather play the Texans of all of the AFC rivals. But um, that being said, it you know it's a it's one of the top three or maybe better wide receivers in the game. Moving from the AFC to the NFC, moving to a team that I mean, all of a sudden Arizona looks pretty nice. They, uh, you know, between Kyler and they've got a good young core of offensive talent. Kenyon Drake's pretty good. They, they definitely are. Um, I kind of shouted them out before they got Nook as yeah. a team to watch in the NFC, not necessarily sure. a uh, Super Bowl stand in the way of the Chiefs. But I mean, would it shock anyone if the Cardinals go out and go 12 and four, 13 and three next year with that team? No, not at all. So um, it's, it's interesting. Um, the Texans are no longer a factor at all. I mean, I, I would no, say. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're toast. toast. Yep, they're toast. For they're sure. Toast. So it was a nice run. You know, RIP Texans 2019-2019. But, I, I, uh, yeah. They, uh, you know, they they just put the wrong guy in charge. That's what they And did. I, I will say, to, to circle back, because you're referring to the, was this the last podcast that we did where we were talking about our rivalries? Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a really two long weeks time ago. ago. It was yep. two weeks ago. Uh, a lot has happened. We've lived many lifetimes many. since then. Yes. Uh, but but shout out to us. I mean, not only did we shout out the Cardinals as kind of a team on the rise, I think I had the Texans as number three, maybe of my AFC rivals. And the reason I had them there is because of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think my logic was if they ever fired Bill O'Brien, they could be kind of dangerous. Mm. Now, now I think we're almost past the point of no return here. <laughs> they don't have a first round pick until 2022. Jeez. So they don't have one this year. They don't have one next year. They traded Jadeveon Clowney and 
DeAndre Hopkins and they still don't have a first round <laughs> pick. Like it's almost impossible. But and here's, here's something yeah, real quick just, that I it's don't, crazy. I don't understand about the NFL. So they announced this trade before the season begins, right? I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I know. Because yes. everyone thinks the same thing. How did the Texans not field 30 other calls from other teams saying, dude, we can beat that. We can give you more than David Johnson and a second round pick for the third, second, first best wide receiver in the game. I don't get how when those deals are announced, are they already signed? Are they already locked in? Well, they can't. They can't be legally yes. because the league year hasn't started. Yeah. So that is a great question. I don't know how we don't, and we do very occasionally, like you know, about once a year. There's like a free agent that yeah. kind of gets announced, and then they change their mind. Yeah. I think last year, uh, who was it? Who was it that signed with the Jets, and then he went back to the Vikings? Um, I can't remember. Linebacker, right. pass you're rusher. Right. I can see his face. Uh, yeah, we'll, it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. He's a linebacker, you know? so he doesn't matter. Sure, <laughs> right. I mean, we're we're doing it live. Yeah. But he went back to the Vikings, ran it back with the Vikings. Um, I mean, even we as Chiefs fans, we went through a thing with Emmanuel Sanders where yeah. we thought he was going to be a Chief, and then he backed out and he went to the Broncos, mm-hmm. which you know he's he's dead to us, which is too bad because he actually would be kind of a fun little little piece but you know he's he's excommunicado for sure uh but yeah but with trades you never see it like i can't think of a a single trade like this prior to the league year where it's been like it's been undone but you're right like i I mean look at what the look at what the vikings got for stefan diggs yes let's talk about that real quick the bill traded for stefan diggs and gave up more than the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. How was that yeah, possible? Like a lot more too. Like they got four picks total, I believe, or yeah. net, because I think they got five picks, but they gave one. They sent one with uh, uh, Diggs. The, the Bills sent a first round pick, a fifth round pick, and a sixth round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. So they sent five sent, picks. Sent five, and got they back get one. Diggs and a 2027 rounder. So I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, just an unbelievable amount of draft capital. And this happened, you know, six hours after yeah. the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was announced. And, you know, I read today, too, that the the Patriots supposedly were involved in DeAndre Hopkins discussions, Jeez. which is super interesting to me because that means that Bill O'Brien talked to at least two teams. <laughs> It also means that he felt like either the Cardinals made a better offer, which is laughable yeah. because it's hard to imagine somebody making a worse offer. Although <laughs> that would be very Belichick to yeah, like, swoop give in. He's like rounder yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They're offering you David Johnson in a second rounder. I'll yeah. offer you Rex Burkhead in a sixth. All right. <laughs> yeah. Top, top that. See if you can do better than that. Ugh. Bill O'Brien's like, okay, all right. Well, I'm going to go with a far yeah. better deal in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. You thought you would get me, Bill, but you can't get me. I don't get God. I go get. Got a new set of wrenches. That's exactly right. So I don't know. That's a really great question. I would love to just be able to sit down with an NFL GM and ask about that. And I guess we'll see, you know, I mean, there's still uh, what, you know, 12 hours left mm-hmm. until the official official year, 16 hours left until, uh, kind of the the bell tolls and the new year starts. So um, that's a great that's a great question. Um, I guess we should probably talk about Tom yeah. Brady, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it, it, he's going to be a Buccaneer. He is. I and <laughs> and of all the teams, it just seems like he is choosing football irrelevance. I don't know. I you know, Bucks are nice. They've got 
two really great, the best one, two wide receiver combo in football, but um, he's going to Tampa. It just, it just doesn't really feel like the end of Tom Brady's story should be in Tampa Bay. I agree with that. It's a very weird choice for sure. I mean, from a football perspective, I can kind of see it. Um, yeah. I think I, obviously the weapons are way better than he had in New England. And I actually think um, from what I've read, they have a pretty decent offensive line. They still have quite a bit of cap space, so they could conceivably add some more weapons. They do have the number 14 overall pick, so they could add, you know, they could make some additions there. Um, they have a pretty competent tight end in OJ Howard, although Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston did not ever use him. And I think that they still have uh, Cameron Brait as well. I think they yeah. do. So that, you know, they got a good little tight end group there. I mean, they've got skill players just out the ass, uh, but it is a weird choice. And, you know, it sounds like what happened is, you know, Brady wanted special treatment from Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick said, you may think you are the golden God, but you are pick 199 to me. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to write you a number and I'm going, we're going to send you an offer and that's what it is. And if you don't like it, go sign with Tampa Bay, Tom. God, what a weird world we're living in right now. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just bizarre. And uh, you know, the, the quarterback dominoes, we knew that they would, we knew there would be a lot of quarterback moves this off season going into it. We talked about all of them two weeks ago and, and the different, we talked about all every single games. quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. 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 And, there just didn't really um i don't know i think if i had if brady had gone to the chargers or to the colts or to the uh, there are just certain teams that kind of make sense for a player like him yeah i agree and tampa for all it it just it doesn't sit well with me but either way he's a buck or he's gonna be a buck they haven't officially announced it yet but every other team is out of the running it would be you know Schefter tweeted it so i mean it's yeah right it's gonna happen official but um, it's it's going to really open up the landscape in the AFC because that is ding dong, the witch is dead. That is absolutely, I don't care what Bill Belichick does out there. And I mean, it will be funny. It, I, will, I won't care about it because even if Bill Belichick brings in, you know, um, Cam or Jameis Andy or Andy Dalton, and even if Bill Belichick goes out there with a Tom Brady-less Patriots team and wins a bunch of games – it doesn't feel the same. It won't be right. the same team. It won't be the dynasty. It won't be, it'll just be a team wearing their same laundry. So they're dead. The Patriots with Tom Brady are over. And I am thrilled because clearly he's not the reason that they were successful in the first place. And I can't wait to see him without that support structure in New England because he will struggle. You know, what's going to be fun is we do get to see Tom against uh pat this year we are going to be playing at tampa bay mm-hmm. so i'm sure a big factor in his decision was he only has to play us once if he had gone to the chargers he would have had to play us twice and if he had stayed with new england he would have been playing at arrowhead now yeah. he gets to play at home so he gets yeah. home field advantage over pat you know nice easy path to the super bowl doesn't have to go through patrick mahomes mm-hmm. we could get a tom brady patrick mahomes super bowl which would in be raymond james stadium which would be lit uh, that would be incredible i mean yeah that super would be bowl so 55s in tampa I, I mean i'm rooting for the guy like i hate him and i yeah. do think he's an overrated system qb and yeah. he's he's also 43 he has a really convenient excuse right like 
yep. you know, for everybody that wants to settle the Brady Belichick debate, and we both come down pretty hard on the side of Belichick's the goat, and Brady's a guy who happened to land in a very fortunate situation for him. Um, Brady's 43. So like if he goes out and just totally sucks, it doesn't really prove anything. I mean, I I would love to say that it proves that Brady's overrated, but I I mean, if the guy goes out and is good at all, I mean, that would be pretty unprecedented for for somebody of his age. So I don't know. I I spent a lot of time thinking about this because on the one hand, the easy out for Brady it was to retire a Patriot whenever that may be That's that true. way, that way you could never prove quote unquote that he wasn't good without Bill Belichick. You couldn't do it because he was going to walk out a walk away and he was, you know, everyone would always say, I don't know if it was Brady or if it was Belichick, but we, he was the goat, blah, blah, blah. Now he's giving an opening to, I, I think he believes in his skills at this point in his career enough to where he's putting himself out there. Um, it just is very – if he goes out with Tampa, I, his bar is going to be so interesting as far as his success because he is a 43-year-old quarterback. He is in a new system and all that stuff. He's playing for Tampa Bay. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to the – you know, someone with huge expectations, but who clearly then now they do have huge expectations. It's a, it's a wild world, and it now opens up the door for who's going to play quarterback in New England which is a really fun question that we haven't had to think about for 20 years. Something we'll talk about next week. I'm sure once we know. <laughs> yeah. Once we know exactly. Um, yeah. We already talked about cam. Uh, we talked about Jameis. Those are two really intriguing options, both from the NFC. I've South, got some but... breaking quarterback news. Actually yeah, hit me uh, in the division. In fact, the Denver Broncos have acquired <laughs> Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> no, he's not going to come to Kansas City like I predicted he would. Man. I know you predicted Jeff Driscoll would be backing up Patrick Mahomes in Dude. 2020, but he will be backing up Drew Locke in Denver. So I don't know if you graded me, but I swung and missed so, <laughs> so hard. I mean, when so you hard. try and predict the movement of literally every quarterback <laughs> in the NFL, you're gonna you're gonna have some some swings and misses. In well, there. yeah, but I got no swing. I got no hits. It, it's oh, been, you got no uh, hits. No, well, I mean, and, I guess and you missed some. You missed some layups too. Like for instance, you wanted Philip Rivers in Tampa, yes. and not that anybody would have ever predicted Brady in Tampa. Yes. but I, I called, uh, I called, I called Rivers Philip to Rivers to the Colts. Yep, which was a layup. I mean, everybody was saying that we should probably talk about Philip Rivers. Right, and then I, after we talk about Philip Rivers, I just want to talk about the landscape of the AFC after the first two days of free. Sure. Because it's it's a mess. It's a mess down there. <laughs> so Philip Rivers is going to the Colts. It's a one year deal, yeah. which is fascinating to me in light of another move the Colts made, which was to trade their first round pick, which was number thirteen overall, to the 49ers for DeForest Buckner, who's pretty good defensive mm-hmm. tackle. Pay him a lot of money. He's now the second highest paid defensive player in the NFL behind Aaron Donald, I believe. Uh and now they don't have a first round pick. So you figured if they were going to take a shot at a young quarterback, Jordan love, or uh, there was some talk, maybe Herbert, yeah. that they might be interested in him. They're not going to do that. They now are not going to be giving Philip rivers, any offensive help, at least in terms of a, a first round blue chip draft pick, you know, they could still sign somebody in free agency. Although to my yeah. knowledge, they have not done that. Uh, Rivers is really their only notable free agent 
um, yeah, you're right. So what is it that the Colts are doing here? <laughs> well, uh, they are, they're, they're messing around. They're messing around and signing Philip Rivers. Like there's just really not, we, we have great respect for Ballard and for their front office and yeah. For, and Frank Reich, all those guys. Yep. Yeah. And they had a lot of money and they had a lot of draft capital and, so far, they just haven't really been using either of them wisely. So, I mean, look, we're not going to cry any tears that the Colts aren't immediately becoming the second best team in the AFC or anything. But, like, it is surprising considering their reputations and their uh, bullets that they had this offseason that they've just kind of messed around. So, they might be the second best team in the AFC, though, right? Like, mm. we talked about this when I when we were doing our prediction show two weeks ago. You know, I, I do think Philip Rivers is washed, but I also think if there was going to be a, a perfect spot for him to land, it is the Colts. So they have a, a very, very, very good offensive line, like one of the best offensive lines, certainly in the AFC, maybe in the NFL. Uh, and they have Frank Reich, who is very good at, you know, he that passing attack, it's very similar to new england's which is you know another and and frankly the saints in some ways in that it's all very lateral it's very short you know not a whole lot of downfield passes it's very quick it's get the ball out fast it's high percentage throws it's not a lot of hero ball you know chuck it 30 yards down the field which obviously philip rivers is terrible at now Mm -hmm. uh he's throwing ducks but he is, you know, I mean, he's been around a long time. He's a veteran. He's going to have a good offensive line, which I think is is essential for him. And they have a pretty good defense. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in some ways they're still limited by their quarterback. They traded for DeForest Buckner, you know, to beef up their defensive line. But aren't they just kind of like a worse version of the 49ers? Nice. Who we just beat, like – I feel like that's kind of the mold they're trying to emulate here. You know, you want, uh, and I, I do trust Frank Reich to sort of rein in Philip Rivers' mistakes. Like, I think that the system will eliminate some of his uh, INT, you know, happiness a little bit. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's a weird move to make. The, the giving up the, the first-round pick for a defensive player when you don't have a long-term solution at quarterback and you're not you're expecting to be good right like they they think yeah. they're going and they probably will win the AFC South because let's face it the <laughs> Jags are gonna? the Jags are a dumpster fire the Texans are a dumpster fire and the Titans the Titans I guess they you know it's it's going to be between the Colts and the Titans right yeah uh, they're kind of running it back we'll see we'll see how they do but but beyond that like what is their what is their long-term plan here because uh, you know, picking at 13 where they were at, they certainly could have moved up and selected a quarterback in the or top. Or gotten a really good player at 13. Or, not, or, or gotten a really good player at 13. And it's a one-year deal, and they still have Jacoby Brissett, who obviously wasn't the future. I, I don't know. I mean, where where would you where would you slot them in the AFC right now? Well, uh, it makes me a little uneasy kind of – viewing the landscape of the AFC when the chargers haven't picked their quarterback yet. And that's true. There are still some, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fall for the same old charger hype that everybody falls for every year, but they do still have a pretty good roster, all things considered. Um, And if they get, so like if the chargers get Jameis Winston or cam uh, one of those, you know, two kind of bigger name 
player or they trade for Nick Foles or something. I mean, they could, they could be all right, but um, you know, we still don't really know uh, where some of these final pieces are going to land. So I'll just say that for the Colts, the way they're currently constructed, you know, they haven't traded for like a big name wide receiver. They haven't brought in, they haven't really brought in anyone other than Philip Rivers at all. And they lost Eric Ebron and they lost, I think Devin Funches. Um, They kind of, I mean, they're going to have to put, put together an an offense, not just T.Y. Hilton, but yeah. Right. um, Yeah. I mean, I do think that with the brain trust that we've already established that uh, we like in Indy there, um, they're definitely one of the teams that I would trust to not fall on their face. Um, It's just going to be really fun to see now that Brady has figured it out. Cause I wasn't sure. I kind of thought he would stretch his team out for weeks you know, yeah, just because he's yeah, sure. Brady. And the fact that well, we he kind he kind of did, he did right? Like I mean he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh now we can I think there's gonna be some more movement with uh you know, for example, we saw um Mariota go back up car in Vegas, which is Yes, funny. yes, delicious. Uh Delightful. super delicious. I mean, how what do you think the chances are that that Marcus Mariota starts like week five? Uh right? I think that they're Pretty good pretty good i'd say they're pretty good yeah and uh we've got teddy who is now going to be the starter in uh carolina which is fun and interesting and he hasn't really uh you know he won those five games for the saints but the saints system i'm pretty sure you and i could at least you know look decent in that so i'm not quite sure what all he has but they're clearly moving on from cam and real quick, we, we definitely have to hit on the fact that the Carolina Panthers went out and they said, hey, uh, we kind of want to trade Cam Newton. We're kind of going to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a <laughs> $60 million deal and call him our starter. We still have Cam that we're dangling in front of people. Like, yeah. What are, the, what are the Panthers doing? I, I don't know. And there there are a lot of teams entering free agency where it's kind of hard to see like, are they just kind of making this up? Like, did they just walk out on Monday and they were like, because Monday morning there was a lot of buzz that Teddy Bridgewater was going to go to the Bears. Yep, Teddy Bear. And and then, yeah, and then he didn't go to the Bears and it was kind of almost like the, the way that the news sort of trickled out, it was like the Panthers are like, oh, oh, <laughs> well. Well, the Bears didn't sign Teddy Bridgewater. Do do we want do we want Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> Look, I, I know we have Cam, but like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is still there. Like maybe we should maybe we should just go get that guy and bring him in. I don't know. The the whole thing seemed a little scattershot to me, but um yeah, I mean I guess you know, a lot of the movement to your point though, was out of the AFC. Yeah. And so when you're looking at the AFC landscape, obviously there's Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. is the the only other good team in the AFC, right? Like the only team that could reasonably challenge. And and this year there's going to be one buy in the AFC, right? Those are the two teams that I feel like are competing for the buy. It's us, it's Baltimore. And then after that, you know, I think the Colts feel like they're probably the favorite in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Bills are the favorite in the AFC Man. East. That is but a good question. But Josh Allen is their quarterback. I mean, I think you know it depends. Let's see what the Patriots do. You know, like if the Patriots get Cam Newton, I'd probably pick the Patriots over the Bills. Yeah. Uh, to win that division with Belichick scheming everything together, but who knows? I mean, you know, and and Miami has gone out and spent about a billion dollars in free 
See, <laughs> they're probably still not going to be very good, but you know, they're they're trying. They're making an effort. Uh, so the they Jets, got that's our dumpster fire. Real you know, quick, whatever. Miami got Byron Jones. Yes, they signed uh, Shaq Lawson, who's pretty good. And uh, what'd they get? Oh, Kyle they, Van Noy. They poached Emmanuel Ogba from us. Emmanuel Ogba and Jordan Howard. <laughs> sure, Jordan Howard. Yeah, great. So the Dolphins were the Dolphins were busy. They were busy. They did spend a lot of money, and they do have still a ton of draft capital. So, you know, I mean, they they could be feisty. Uh, I think we can agree, though, right? Like none of the teams that come out of the AFC East have any chance of winning the AFC, right? None. Agreed. None. I, I mean, they just. Patriots barring something crazy, but no. Yeah, right. I mean, like, they're just like, there's only going to be one bye. I feel pretty confident saying that no team in the AFC East is going to get the bye. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you've got to play games on the road. You don't get the extra bye week. I I think they are out. And so really then you're looking at the AFC South. I mean, I think that the Colts are probably the favorite there or maybe the Titans. Titans franchised Henry and re-signed. Resign Tannehill. Um, Tannehill. So that's kind of been their big. They got Vic Beasley, um, who's pretty good. Um, and then that's pretty much the only, I think, the only stuff they've done. Yeah, and they lost Jack Conklin on their offensive line. So yeah. they, they've lost a piece here or there. Yeah. You know, I mean, they did make it to the AFC Championship game, but that was pretty fluky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean – it feels like whatever team wins that division, their ceiling is pretty limited. And then in the North, other than Baltimore, you know, I mean, I don't know, Cleveland, I guess Cleveland's the off season hype train has uh, reattached itself to the Cleveland Browns, pulled them out of the station in the form of Austin Hooper. Yeah. Austin Hooper. They signed the aforementioned Jack Conklin. So they got a little bit of offensive line help. They just traded for a fullback from the Broncos. They traded for Andy Janovich. Okay. So they're getting their fullback, you know, Kevin Stefanski runs kind of that uh, Shanahan, you know, zone read kind of offense. It's one of the, one of the only offenses in the NFL that still makes heavy use of a fullback. Yeah. They tendered um, Kareem Hunt. They did. Yeah. Second round tender. Second round tender. So, you know, his value increased after all of his shenanigans off the field. that's because he was a third round pick right that is weird to think about but yeah that is that is weird um yeah, yeah i mean there i fell for the hype last year on the browns i'm not going to do it sure. again i'm not going to do it again i mean it really is like it's us and it's baltimore and you know maybe you know there's usually a team that kind of comes out of nowhere that's better than everybody thinks i, I think there's some teams that could kind of pop into that mix but realistically those are the top two and it isn't really that close and just to throw one final dig in there and this is why i fucking don't like having only one buy because there's going to be two amazing teams it's going to come down to you know whoever wins the head-to-head or whoever has a slightly easier schedule and the other team is going to get screwed and have to play on wild card weekend hopefully it's not us uh but i don't know i digress we're we're going to win the AFC or we're going to have to go to Baltimore either way. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at after free agency. It feels like at least in the AFC. Um, the Bengals tagged AJ green, right? I was just thinking they of did. North. Yeah. They tagged AJ green. I wonder if they move him or if they are trying to give Burrow a reason to want to play for the Bengals. Maybe they went out and spent some money today. They, uh, 
They got DJ Reader. They spent some money on uh, Trey Waynes, yeah. who I don't think is very good anymore, but they did pay him quite a bit of money. Yeah. So they like definitely, you, you know, they're they're kind of making an effort, you know, like, hey, hey, Joe Burrow, please don't refuse to sign with us. And yeah. you know what's going to be really interesting, actually, since we were talking about signing Joe Burrow, I actually meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about coronavirus. With the the threat of you know, the off-season program being pushed back or just altered in any way, it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects teams that are going through a lot of change. The analogy that I used this morning was, it feels great to be the Chiefs. We're like the pantheon of the gods up on Olympus. And the mortal realm has just gone completely nuts. <laughs> we don't you know, care there's at all. like there's we're just watching their shenanigans <laughs> and laughing. Like we're just, you know, like we are. Isn't this quaint? This is so funny that like there's a virus down here suspending all the football, and Tom Brady's going to Tampa Bay, and Philip Rivers is going to Indianapolis, and we just don't care about any of it. Nope. But it really will have, you know, Tom Brady's forty three and he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this offseason, who knows what it, the program's gonna look like. But, you know, the Chiefs now, we're talking about this is going to be Patrick Mahomes' fourth season and his third season as the starter. And he's been throwing to these guys for a long time. Like we have – and the offensive coaching staff, the defensive coaching staff is exactly the same. We've had no coaching losses at all. You know, the player personnel is going to be largely the same. In in an offseason where there is going to be so much upheaval and just weirdness because of everything going on with coronavirus, that that matters. I mean, it matters, right? Like, who knows when Brady's even going to be able to go in the building, yeah. right? He's not even going to know what his locker room looks like. I don't know if he's ever even played in Tampa Bay. I'm sure he has because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's played forever. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like... No, you're right. It's uh, he, he doesn't even know what the home he doesn't even know what the home locker room at <laughs> in Tampa like. Bay looks like. He yeah. doesn't. No, you're right. And you know the NFL is going to be forced to make some tough decisions about the timing of everything. I mean, you know, already the draft is no big deal because no one has to get in a room and play each other and stuff like that. But I mean, eventually they're going to have to restart this season. And if this cuts into the off season at all at all, which it looks very, very likely that it will, yes. the NFL is going to sit there and go, okay, okay, hold on. What do we do? Do we, do we push training camp? Do we cut it? Do we, you know, how do we compress this shortened amount of time? And a shortened amount of time means that anybody that's dealing with changes, like you were saying, anybody that doesn't quite have chemistry or doesn't quite have the playbook down or any of that, it's just going to all force this sort of, you know, hurried approach to the off season, to the end of the off season. And to have a team that, first of all, I don't know if uh, many people know this, but the chiefs played more games than all but one team last year. <laughs> so they have a lot of, uh, you know, battle tested with each other. And uh, it, like you said, all the coaching staffs are all the, um, the same. Everything is just, they just got to go out there and roll. They already know exactly if they had to go play a game tomorrow, they would be able to do it with flying colors. They would be the best team in the NFL. If they just had to roll in off the street, we would just roll in off the street and we would be the best team in the NFL. Absolutely. And I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've watched, but you know, and I'm sure every, every quarterback does this to some degree. Yeah, Pat took like a week off. <laughs> yeah, and then he was barely. in thrown he was in thrown to Des Bryant and he's uh, doing all these crazy drills. You think and Des he goes somewhere? Uh, I mean, I think 
maybe he comes here. You know, maybe yeah. we're waiting. Maybe we're waiting for does. Yeah. I don't know. Could yep. be. Yep. I just think it's going to be, I mean, the value of stability. And it's one of those things where you almost take it for granted, especially in places like New England, mm-hmm. where you had the exact same head coach and quarterback for literally decades. I mean, almost two decades. And now that's gone. Uh, you know, obviously Lamar and the Ravens are just getting started. Harbaugh, they, they've retained all of their coaching staff as well. But you've got a lot of teams starting over. Uh, yeah. You know, Rivers is coming in and learning a new system. He's 38 or 39. You know, uh, he's worked with Frank Reich before, so I'm sure it won't be that big of a deal. But, you know, as all of us as people, you know, as a society, we're sort of like, you know, I mean, I know your job, you're working from home. Yep. Um, it could be that that eventually I'll be working from home. I Fortunately, I just transitioned to a job starting next week where I don't have to be in court. Yeah. I'm just filing cases, which is great because I don't have to be exposed to all those germs from people coming in and uh, spreading their germs around. I got to tell you, people that come to court <laughs> don't, not to say. <laughs> do not have the best personal hygiene, if you can believe it or not. People commit crimes are usually not super clean cut people. Um, but as we as a society are sort of adjusting to like, uh, can I can I do my job without coming to the office? You know, like the NFL, you definitely, you can't get reps, um, you know, sitting on the couch. But like our guys all know the playbook and, you know, they certainly could probably do some installs and stuff virtually. And I know that they're, you know, I know all of our guys are real tight. They're talking to each other. You know, like there's just that continuity there is going to be, huge in a season where there won't there's be any. been so much uncertainty <laughs> right exactly there is there won't be any except yeah. for the chiefs it's going to be great i mean it's just a it's just another advantage for us might as well go out there and win the super bowl again right and keep the continuity you know just make sure everyone is used to the same thing that they saw last year and just go out there and do it again yeah um they they're in such a good position that it kind of as you brought up a little bit ago, it kind of puts the impact of the off season in a, well, it definitely puts it in a completely different light for chiefs fans. I mean, we are looking at all of these and instead of every move being, Oh, why did the chiefs do this? Or why didn't they get that guy or whatever? We're just laughing and just waiting. For, well, there's well, still a segment. Yeah. Listen, I get it, Chiefs fans. I've seen your tweets. Yeah. All right. Yeah. People are out here wondering why we didn't make a move. Okay. I get it. I get it. But just chill. Just chill out. You know, like we we made our big splashy free agent signings last year and the year before that. We made our and move on February 2nd. We did. We made our move. We made our move on April, whatever it was, 28, 2017. That's, yeah. that's when we did it. Right. Yeah. That was, that was the splash move and everything else that follows is just great. But I, I mean, like we are going to, you know, I, I, I'm sure you saw, but um, I think Nate Taylor wrote a piece for the athletic where he basically said, yeah, I mean, don't expect the chiefs to make a lot of big moves early on because the plan is see how many of these guys they can keep and run it back. Yeah. And we've already lost a couple of pieces. Uh, Kendall Fuller, we haven't talked yeah. about him. He went back to Washington for, I think, four forty, four yep. years, $40 million, which is a, a good payout for him. Emmanuel Ogba to the Dolphins for two years, $15 million. You know, we've lost some, some guys, some guys that were a part of the ride, and that's going to happen. I mean, that happens with every successful team. You're going to have turnover. I mean, the Chiefs, even before they had Mahomes, 
you saw that a little bit where we'd have guys come in for a year or two. We'd, you know, they'd, they'd sign their prove it deal, just like Bashad Breland did, just like, you know, Mike Pinnell, Emmanuel Ogba, all those guys, and they all showed out. And so now they're going to get paid. Um, you know, even, uh, you, I mean, the first game of the Patrick Mahomes era got our friend Albert Wilson paid, you know, Hey, I mean, that's, that's our reality. Uh, the cool part about it is we've already got a couple of comp picks coming back our way next year, but the thing is we're set at head coach. We're set at quarterback. We're set on offense. You know, we've got a first round pick still, we've got some draft capital. We're really just waiting on, and it circles back to our first topic of conversation, which is Chris Jones. You know, are we going to be able to find a way to keep him? If you keep him, you still have pretty limited draft capital. You have very limited salary flexibility until the cap starts to open up a year or two down the road in the new CBA. If you trade Chris Jones, which would suck because we all love Chris Jones and he's an amazing and super impactful player. And then you at least, yeah. And guy, amazing, awesome human being, really cool, great, awesome dude to be around. Uh, if you trade Chris Jones, then you solve the problem of not having very much draft capital because presumably you're going to get a first round pick back and maybe, maybe <laughs> more than that. Yeah, right, right. You never know. You never know. Uh, Brett Veach is, I think, better at trading than Bill O'Brien. And you also get some cap flexibility, right? So uh, I don't know. I mean, we still have uh, Chris Jones to resolve. We still have Sammy to resolve. You know, it's actually a little bit unusual that we're sitting here, you know, the night before the league year officially starts. We haven't heard anything about Sammy. We haven't really heard anything about Chris Jones. I think what that means is that they're probably trying to keep both of those guys mm. because I, I think if we're going to get rid of Sammy, it would have behooved us to try and move Sammy. You know, certainly if we're going to try and trade him, uh, because people were trading wide receivers yesterday. Jeez. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, wide receivers were on the move. And uh, paying them, Amari Cooper got a hundred million dollars. That's right. We didn't even talk about Amari Cooper, but yeah, paying them a lot of money. I think, and obviously, you know, I, I'm sure that Brett Veach, from all of his interviews, he seems very, uh, he, he seems like a man with a plan, right? Like, I'm sure Brett Veach, leading up to the CBA vote becoming official, I'm sure he had two separate, completely detailed plans for this is what we're going to try and do if it passes. This is what we're going to try and do if it doesn't pass. And it did pass. And because it passed, that does mean more cap, more money going forward. And I think that might, that might inform, I'm mean, just speculating, obviously, I don't have any insider knowledge, but I think that's maybe why we haven't heard anything. I think that probably means that they're trying to keep both guys. Now, whether they'll be able to do that, I don't know. But I think if they were going to move on from a guy, you want to do it earlier on because, you know, especially with Sammy, like, let's say they were going to cut Sammy, right? Cutting Sammy saves us $14 million off the cap. That's a lot of money that we could have spent on a free agent. And now, you know, you've gone a day and a half into free agency. There's a lot of guys that have already signed, right? Like if the Chiefs wanted to sign like a coverage linebacker, which was the only piece of chief news that came out today, was that yeah. they were interested in signing a linebacker who can cover a guy. And if they don't get one, they'll look at one in the draft. Well, if you wanted to sign a guy like Corey Littleton, who went to the the Raiders, uh, you know, or, or Joe Schobert, who went to the Jags and not going to pay Joe Schobert money, that was outrageous, but if you wanted to do that, you having that money from, from Sammy, it would have been helpful to have that. 
yeah, the certainty of just the, the roster position that you know what your wide receiver group would look like. You would know what money you're dealing with. You would know just more about the landscape of the free agent market as regarding to what you can do with it. And I, I do think that they, if Sammy hadn't had the impact that he had in the postseason, I think oh, that they would have cut him yeah, moment sure. one of the offseason. I mean, he was a colossal disappointment until he literally won a Super Bowl for us. I mean, it was it was a complete 180. And because of that, I, I do see a pretty good uh, restructuring opportunity for the Chiefs. And Chris Jones, I just I just have to feel that back on the day when they traded for Frank Clark, when yes. it was still Chris Jones's contract was a question and they knew that they were putting all that money into the defensive line and all that. I just have to have faith that Brett Veach knew that this decision was, has been coming for a long time. And Chris Jones has been such a positive force, both in the locker room and on the field, really, really just as good of an example of a football player as you can have. And you just don't often see guys like that, not rewarded, by the team that drafted them. You just don't often see it where teams are okay letting a guy that's that that positive go. So that all being said, I know that if Brett Veach could wave a magic wand, he would have Chris Jones on the roster. Obviously, right. that's not a it's it's not a no-brainer if the Chiefs want him. That is clearly I mean he they'd be dumb not to want him. There's just a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot of a lot of uncertainty and and I just I hope for for fans sake I don't know by the time this airs tomorrow night maybe we've locked him up or you know done something cool but um I just hope that they I hope they get it done I really do it would break my heart to get rid of Chris Jones you know uh I just one final point on that and then I I don't know I think we can kind of wrap this up and put a neat little bow on it uh because the longer we continue to talk you the know, more news, the, the breaks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the the greater chance that this will be completely irrelevant by the time people listen to it after you've had a chance sure. to edit it. Uh, sure. I, I saw a tweet that because the new league year starts tomorrow afternoon, I think it is. Um, I think it, maybe it's at like four o'clock Eastern. I, I've forgotten exactly when the time is. But when the new league year starts, every team has to be in compliance with the cap. And right now, the Chiefs are actually $6 million over the cap, oh. which is which is crazy. Um, but that means that they have to make some moves by tomorrow afternoon, because as of right now, they are not cap compliant. So whether that means moving Sammy, um, obviously a big part of that is because Chris Jones is currently on the tag. Yeah. The tag is I think 17 or 18 million Yeah. for a defensive tackle. So obviously if they were going to, they're going to sign Chris Jones to a long-term deal the first year of that deal is going to be, I mean, it's going to be backloaded, yeah. which makes every, sense. I mean, every like deal should be backloaded at this point. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, you get backloaded deals in other sports where it doesn't make quite as much sense. Like in baseball, for example, uh, that means you're paying, you know, $40 million for a guy that's, you know, playing his worst at the end of his contract. Mm. The thing about baseball contracts though, is that they're fully guaranteed mm. and there's no salary cap. So in football, it makes total sense and you absolutely should backload contracts because the cap goes up every year. And so it gives you more flexibility to be able to do that. Now, obviously, you can't go completely crazy with it, but that's one way the Chiefs could could save some money and get cap compliant is by 
getting Chris Jones signed long-term and reducing that hit this year, getting him off the tag this year. Uh, they obviously also could trade him, which would save some cap space, uh, get them some draft capital. And, you know, that, that would be sad, but we'd, we'd make the best of it and we'd make a tradition of it. Uh, getting rid of Sammy or trading Sammy. Uh, certainly they could cut LDT. That was something that, uh, that was discussed. They could cut who else were the, the main cut candidates. Yeah. We've hit most of them. They re-signed Damian Wilson. He was right. People, people had been talking about him. Um, and then Sorensen. Sorensen. Yeah. Sorensen yeah. was another one. So yeah, they, they need to make a move. And that means that uh, they've probably already made that move by the time, uh, most of our listeners or some of our listeners are listening to this. Hopefully we probably that, better stop talking then. We yeah, probably better just hope that everybody is uh stay safe out there. Don't talk to people. Don't touch people. Just, just please don't be dumb. That's all we ask. I'm Austin. This is Taylor. This was, it's always sunny in cheese kingdom. And I really hope that this podcast will still be relevant by the time you listen to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm.